Ultimate lifetime dream, folks. Really? That or a Disney podcaster. Well, I'm glad we're making dreams come true <laughs> at least part of the way then. Um, uh, this is our our second movie this week. We've been in a movie watching mood, apparently. Oh, it's so true. Uh, and we watched uh, Captain America, the first Avenger. Quite literally, y'all. This is the first time I've even clicked on the Marvel link inside Disney Plus. Yeah. Like we have it deep. We kind of got scared off of of the superhero movies for a minute. Yeah. Yeah. Last summer was a lot, right? Was it not? Yeah. I mean, we'd give anything to be able to go to a movie theater and watch movies now. But I am. Listen. The, the MCU is a giant cumbersome beast of films to try to digest sometimes um and so sometimes it's nice to go back and watch the first ones when they were less complicated right you did say that there was a somebody's put out a storyline of how you should watch them in order right right yeah there's a there's a a timeline of when they happen along the timeline that would be an interesting project especially for me because like i said i might enjoy them more that way potentially there's a lot though it's a lot um oddly enough 87 hours of your life right (laughs) rededicate oddly enough captain america the first avenger is the fifth film in the mcu oh so did we start off in order properly i don't think so oh that's too bad (laughs) that would have been fun (laughs) i you know, I'd have to double check myself. But if anybody has a click to this list of how you should watch them, in what order you should watch them. But I think I don't think that's chronologically. I think it's the exactly. fifth film to come out. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that we want to if we do it in, in the order of which is the best way to watch them. Uh, like, I'm hoping that's the case. Uh, it's potential. I mean, I feel like it's one of those. Mo- it. Now I'm I'm on the spot because I didn't research this. But I'm thinking it's one of the earlier films because I don't think there's anyone older than Captain America on the Avengers team. Well, and that's what I was thinking, too, when I was um, watching it was that it felt very vintage in a lot of ways. Yeah. Part of what I absolutely loved about it. I love like a 1940s vibe type of sure. film. Yeah. I think it's fascinating and fun. And it felt very much that. Right. Right. Didn't it? It did. Well, on purpose, because it takes place in the 1940s. Well, so. how about that? Shocker. <laughs> That it would feel like a 1940s film. Um, it's like they planted or something. Right. Um, I found this interesting, though. Um, when I was trying to look up the budget that they spent on Captain America, uh-huh. um, it gave me a range that was pretty big 
And I was like, that's interesting. Uh, It said they spent between 140 to 216 million dollars. Oh, that's a pretty big gap, isn't it? It feels like it to me. I mean, do they not want the investors to know if I, yeah, like I was about to say, like if I turned in my taxes and I said I made somewhere between 140 and 216 million dollars, they'd be like, uh, no round to the next hundred million. Yeah. Just whichever makes you happy. Um, and then it made 360 million dollars. Okay. So if it's 216 million dollars that they spent, it was not as successful as they would have hoped. That's probably why they went back and tried to revert their numbers to make (laughs) it look like it was 140. Well, I mean, we we talked about Pirates of the Caribbean earlier this week, and they spent 140 million dollars on the first Pirates movie. Gosh, and you can see it too. Yeah, you can see it with Captain America too. I think Captain America, if it costs 140 million, looks great. Yeah, it's a great looking. I mean, it lo- it looks great either way. The shield alone is worth 140. Sure, <laughs> I'm sure if you auctioned it off, it would be. I haven't been shield shopping any times no? recently, but I need a good shield. Let's, <laughs> let's check in with next that. time we have 140 million. Yes, um, but this movie, like all movies, has kind of like a rocky history in getting produced. Um, because that's how films are these days. Uh-huh. Uh, so the first slowdown they had was a lawsuit oh. between Marvel Comics and a man named Joe Simon over the copyrights huh. um, for Captain America. And I had to look that up personally because I don't, I did not know who Joe Simon was. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, I was like, a single person versus Marvel? That seems lopsided but then i read into it and joe simon is a creator or co-creator of characters in marvel comics from the 1930s to the 1940s oh okay which included captain america ah so uh, i'm thinking that there might have been a a little conflict there trying to decide who actually owned the copyright to make a captain america's likeness film okay right that would have been early days of copyright yeah and so uh, apparently that one got settled. It did not tell me how they settled. I'm assuming a lot of money exchanged hands. Out of court, quietly, behind sh- closed possibly. doors with yeah. some money. Um, That's what settlement means. <laughs> which is just to say, if you're thinking about making a comic book, you might end up a millionaire one day, apparently. Oh, yeah. You know, if they're, if your characters are iconic enough, go for it. Um, so they they get over they get over that hump, right? And then there's they run into the writer's strike in 2007, 2008. Oh, I remember that. Uh, which also uh, not slowed, halted production because okay. their writers were on strike. Uh-huh. That, uh, would be, that would be a problem. Yeah. And so uh, they got that worked out and then moved ahead. Um, and as is the way with all comic book movies, there are people that have read all the comics uh-huh. Uh, read all the extra books, all that kind of stuff. So there was a lot of speculation flying around as what the story might be about and what heroes and villains might be in it and right. so on and so forth. And Oh, were they pissed? They were pissed, weren't they? Well, I'm sure there are always people that are disappointed yeah. when things that they want don't happen or yeah. characters that they liked don't make an appearance. Uh, but we did just end up with Captain America, Steve Rogers, and the the red skull as our villain oh right um and so i think that 
the reason that I like this film that this much is because it is very much pared down to a a single hero and a single villain. Right. I do like that too. Very often in it. later films, they'll throw in extra villains, multiple villains, and it gets a little messier. Yeah, it does. Um, More exciting, I guess. I guess so. I have to say, one of my favorite movies ever is Batman Returns, and it has Catwoman and Penguin as the antagonist. Okay. And I still love that movie. So I can't be too picky about how many villains are in a film. I guess it's just all how it's balanced and managed that makes a difference to me. I am pretty sure that I was named after Captain America now that I'm thinking about it, though. Oh, it's a natural... (laughs) Fit. Yeah, it's a it's a good thought. Spitting image. <laughs> it was funny every time they just say Steve and you'd perk up. Like, wait a minute, what? <laughs> um, and so we let's get into the meat of the story here. So, like we've been saying, it takes place in the 1940s, and Steve Rogers is a is a me sized person. Yeah, that being very skinny, <laughs> <laughs> and he wants to be in the armed forces but they keep rejecting him because he has a lot of health problems yeah and so on and so forth poor steve poor little thing but uh he's also very scrappy doesn't like to run away from a fight that kind of thing and he eventually gets brought in on a special level yeah where this doctor is trying to find a correct candidate for this super soldier serum to turn him into a super soldier which is played by um what's his name stanley tucci and i totally was blindsided by that i was like wow i didn't know he was going to be in this show there are all kinds of like famous actors that i didn't expect yeah they, um, they got lots of good character actors to tommy play lee things. jones right is yeah. in there and i didn't expect him at all i haven't seen him for a good minute another screen. batman crossover right? he was two-face in batman oh look at he was this. much better in this film than i think as two-face i liked uh i really like when he's in movies yeah yeah it made me happy uh and so we we do end up taking skinny steve and turning him into super buff steve <laughs> uh, i'd be down for soul. that would you be down for that well I, that was gonna be my question too is like they show you him inside the laboratory where he's inside the thing and he's getting ejected and fireworks are going off and he's screaming like crazy and whatnot right sure uh and then it goes on for like 30 seconds of, of sorts and yeah. then he's like i'm keep going keep going and then he comes out like perfect right yeah I would sign up for that. Oh, naturally. Right. Yeah. <laughs> if you could like, have he... a perfect body after 30 seconds of pain, I mean, people that work out are in are sore for days. Oh, that's completely true for years even. Yeah. Years. Ugh, miserable. We painted this weekend and we're still feeling it. <laughs> I picked up a piece of wood. I am out for the rest <laughs> of the week. Too heavy. Yeah, so it's totally worth the 30 seconds of insanity you know insane pain. well and they you know they weren't sure if he was going to survive it or not that was kind of a big thing of course you know yeah. mm-hmm. but after seeing somebody actually do it you're like wow yep um but stanley tucci's character does say that it magnifies what's already there mm-hmm. meaning that if you i mean let's just take me if you're a naturally lazy person mm. what if it made me just super lazy Oh, yeah. Instead of Captain America, I'd be super sloth. <laughs> super sloth. Right? You wouldn't be able to get me up. Be like, what are you going to do about it? You can't pick me up. I'll fight you. That's a good point. <laughs> okay, that would make sense why they needed to find the, a hard-working recipient in the beginning, right? Right, for okay, sure. That would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. Missed that part. Um, And so we have 
Captain America. And I have to say, this is one of the superhero, few superhero movies that has a musical number in it. And I love the stupid musical number. The Star-Spangled Man with a Plan. Ah, uh, yes. I I will march around the house singing Star-Spangled Man with the Plan. You like legitimately, I was like, what, what, what? What are we talking about? <laughs> what musical number? <laughs> I need yeah, to sing right. it more often because you're not even remembering it now. I do remember that part of the show. You're right. Uh, because apparently, I don't. I never understood this part. The military decides we don't want this superhuman soldier. We were supposed to have lots of them, not just one. What and good it's is like, one going to do for us? You could have at least one. Yeah. Why not use the super soldier? He wants to be in the military. What are you thinking? Why would you not have him help you? Well, and going on a USO tour, that's helpful enough. I guess so. He he goes on that tour mm-hmm. and he, he punches out Hitler over 200 times, apparently. Oh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> That's what you do on a tour. Uh, Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Uh, but then he ends up uh, doing the USO tour in front of troops. Yeah. And finding out that his good friend, Bucky Barnes, has been lost behind enemy lines. Oh, yeah. And this is where we get really the beginning of Captain America's story where he actually goes into combat and rescues these people that have been taken captive yeah great show and he spends a lot of the movie running around destroying nazi stuff yeah and it's it's a good time it did feel a lot like wonder woman in a way didn't it yeah because wonder woman felt very much like i mean it was a different war i believe i think the wonder woman was in world war one if i'm not mistaken uh but it does have that very vintage feel Uh uh-huh and it shows uh, the resilience of the human spirit and someone with an insuppressible desire for justice and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It shows that kind of attitude and yeah. the effect it can have. Totally. I'm down for both. I'm, I'm okay with both of them. Um, something else I did find impressive is they have a lot of technology and stuff, like you said in this movie, with the the super soldier stuff and then um all of the hydra the bad guys stuff yeah which we have to point out steve was like "Ooh, wouldn't the wouldn't the symbol for hydra make a good patch <sighs> yeah and i was like it, ah <laughs> and then the answer's no <laughs> and then we see it right next to the nazi symbol and steve's like ah that is why we don't want to make that into a patch <laughs> I'm sure people would totally buy a, a Hydra patch, but yeah, I'm I'm not sure it's something I'd want to put out there. Yeah. Um, it's a cool symbol. But they all make uh, technology and stuff, and they made it a point to make it out of things that would have been around in the 1940s. So it should be technology that the 1940s people would have been able to construct. Right. Uh, which gives it this very, again, vintagey kind of uh, imagine what the future might be from the 1940s sort of look. Uh-huh. Almost like a Tomorrowland, Disneyland kind of feel to it. Yeah, it almost uh, it almost feels steampunk-like, but... It's close, yeah. It kind of has that same type of a thought process behind it. For sure. But still inside the realm of possibility, I guess as much as the superhero movie is. Right. Uh, 
And then they also based a lot of the vehicles off of things that the the actual Nazis were building oh, or wow. had plans to build. Okay. Which I thought was interesting. That ridiculous car that the Red Skull drives. Oh, it's so ridiculously cool. It's based on a real car. Dang. Which I had no idea. And it's also a Nazi car? I guess so. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah, I know. Um, it reminds me of... Uh, in Indiana Jones, the first movie. Do you remember the first movie, Indiana Jones, very well? Uh, no, but it's good. But we've seen the stunt show quite a few times. Yeah. Um, and in, they do this part where Indy is trying to get Marion out of an airplane. Oh, right. And fighting the big giant muscly dude. Uh-huh. Uh, that is based on the flying wing, which was a actual Nazi plane design and stuff, too. Oh, okay. And the plane that... Uh, kind of figures in the end of Captain America looks a lot like that to me, just on a bigger yeah. scale. Yeah, that's very true. It does. I just assume they made the car after um, Cruella Deville, which it is. It's a hundred percent Cruella Deville's car, okay. <laughs> and it's so shiny and big and ridiculous and awesome. Noisy. It's loud and ah, oh, that's true. I don't like a loud car. Yeah, it's but it's cool looking. For this sure. is the reason I want electric cars because they're like silent and you're like perfect. Yeah, <laughs> that is what I'm looking for. No getting woken up by people trying to drag race or anything. Oh, yeah, so good. Uh, and then we also have the introduction of kind of a MacGuffin, uh, which is the the cube that they are using in this film. Oh, right. Uh, which turns out to be one of the Infinity Stones. You did say mention that. Yeah, it is pretty crazy cool, and I. I honestly didn't what put about that a together. Patch? A MacGuffin patch? Maybe let's make one of those. It's okay. a blue square patch. <laughs> a blue square patch. We'll sell millions. <laughs> Let us know if you, you'd buy a, a blue square <laughs> patch. I'm sure we would get tons of orders. Right. Uh, I did not put that together for a very long time until we started talking about Infinity Stones in the MCU. I was like, oh, uh, this cube thing is one of them. Okay. That makes sense. Uh, and also another fun thing is they put uh, Tony Stark's father in this. Working, I did find that crazy. Working on all these things. Yeah. Which is fun uh, that you have Iron Man's father basically in the film. Uh, I think when they did rewrites on that, they wanted to make sure that there were lots of ties into the rest of the MCU to mm. give it a little bit more gravity in the rest of the universe. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. It's a nice tie in. And I do like that. We know how they got so rich. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it's a great show. Totally worth a good watch. Even if it's just for the star spangled man with the planned song. <laughs> um, but it does have a little bit of a bittersweet ending to it. Um, yeah, it does. Which I did not see that coming either. We're going to spoil here for you if you haven't seen it, but I still don't understand why it's a thing the way it happened. Uh, Steve says he's flying the plane that's full of all these bombs that were meant to be dropped mm -hmm. and says, well, I'm going to have to oh. put her down because it won't be a soft landing. Yeah. Is what he says. Right. And I, I don't think the landing was soft. It looked like it probably hurt, but nothing exploded. Yeah. No, Literally it? there were no explosions. Uh, even so much so that when they find him 70 years later, Still nothing has exploded. It's yeah. all still intact. That's what happens when you 
when you land in a snowy part of Russia. I guess. You just bounce off the spongy snow. I guess. But I'm like, you could have put that down anywhere. You could have put it down out in the ocean where you would have stayed floating. Or you could have put it, you know, you could have given coordinates so that they could have found you before 70 years were up. Mm -hmm. What was the plan here? You know, I never understood that. Yeah. Uh, And even watching it again, I thought, that doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, um, well, but then maybe they didn't have coins in the World War II. Of <laughs> course they did. She even asked for them at the beginning of the call with him. <laughs> I'm just saying. So not a new invention. No. <laughs> they definitely had that in the 1940s. Anybody that's seen a map knows <laughs> <laughs> that they existed. Um, but then... They do this weird fake out where he wakes up in a hospital room. Yeah. And a girl walks in and says, oh, you've been asleep for three days, you know, or whatever. Uh And then uh, due to context clues, he figures out that he's not where they say he is. Yeah. And he breaks out and he's in New York in the middle of Times Square, which is a weird place to put somebody. Yeah, that's not where you'd want to. That's a good point. And, Isn't uh, this why we have Area 51? Right? I thought. <laughs> no. Uh, and, then, and then Nick Fury shows up and says, Hey, Cap. What's up? <laughs> and Cap, the only thing you can think of is, Ah, oh, crap. I had a date. Oh, yeah. He's late. It's a sad, it's a sad ending to his story, honestly. That's how that it first film. Yeah. Oh, I knew that's how the film ends, but oh, nothing yeah. ends in the MCU. No, right? no, his film, his story arc doesn't end till the end of yeah. Endgame. He just barely retired. Yeah, gray hair and stuff. Yeah, he's old now. <laughs> uh, oddly enough, he's lived like three lifetimes now. I guess. <laughs> uh, so, if you're gonna give Captain America: First Avenger a grade. What grade would you give it? Oh, it's a good solid A. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great show. Loved every minute of it. Perfectly timed. Yeah. Very surprising. I was surprised that I had not seen this movie that I can recall at all. Yeah. I don't remember seeing a second. I thought it was shocking when you said, I haven't seen that one. And we've talked about it. And you're like, no, you've seen it. And I was like, I really don't think I have. Like, and then. Well, you have now. I have. And I don't (laughs) remember ever seeing it before. So brand new. Well, now I have audio. 17 years later, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> You're almost as old as Cap watching the movie. <laughs> no. Uh, I now have audio evidence that you've seen it. So if you ever say, I have not seen that one, I'll be like, ah, oh, ah, ah. Right. Go back to the podcast. I totally do this too. I like, you know what would be the greatest idea for a podcast? And then I'll say something and they're like, yeah, we've done it. Yeah. It happens constantly. And then I have to go back and search and go, yeah, you're right. We have good ideas. We've just already had them. Or like I'll bring up a very point. There'll be a point that I want to go, did you know about blah, blah, blah? They're like, yeah, we did a whole podcast on that too. <laughs> go back and listen to him. That's what I'm saying. We're really smart is what we're <laughs> saying. Uh, but it's like I always say, star spangled man with a plan. Follow my perfectly sculpted two-finger point to the exit. If you enjoyed today's podcast, rate, review us on your favorite podcast app. And if you didn't, help us do better by buying a patch at DisneyPatch.com. Always be proud of what makes you unique. And we'll see you next time on the Obscure Disney Podcast.